uh, I think that we should just start off kind of explaining, you know, at least up until the, uh, the, the what is it, theme music. Like explain what's going on. I need to write down some stuff. Because there's been shit, there's been things happen today. Yeah, I've, I haven't researched the new stuff. We can always come back and do that. We can take breaks. I feel like we still just need to establish what the coronavirus is, you know? Or what a coronavirus is. That's not even the coronavirus. The coronavirus. Coronavirus is just, it, that's the family. Yeah. It's, it's the virus group. Actual one is so. Then this this is the thing I'm got a little confused about is because is it SARS two or is it COVID nineteen or are they they're the same thing, right? Um, I think SARS two is a just a it's like it's like Rambo two. And COVID is different. Yeah, it's different because it's not SARS. Oh, they just pulled out. I mean, in a way, it is SARS. Yeah, because all SARS means is severe, um, what is it, severe something? Severe that, acute respiratory se- syndrome. Yeah. SARS-2, COVID, I mean, yeah, all SARS, yeah. Just, I think just no, they are just, different. Yeah, they're just using SARS to, I guess. So, the virus has been named, oh, hold on, uh, corresponding to the outbreak of respir- respiratory disease. Uh, caused by the novel new coronavirus that was first detected in China which has now been detected in more than 100 locations internationally including the United States the virus has been named SARS-CoV-2 and the disease it causes has been named coronavirus disease 2019 which is abbreviated to COVID-19 so the virus is SARS-CoV-2 or SARS-CoV-2 official names SARS-CoV-2, but the disease that it causes is COVID-19. So you could have SARS-CoV-2, but not COVID-19, but still be spreading it so that other people are getting COVID-19, which is the scary thing about viruses. I think, is it COVID-19? Yep. I think you need to call it COVID-19, not COVID, COVID. COVID-19? COVID-19. COVID, not COVID. Yeah. I'm not gonna say COV19, COVID19. That's a that's a mouthful. You could say COVID. People can spell it out. Is that am I breaking am I breaking some rules there? No, you must say every single letter. That causes AIDS. Okay. All right. So SARS-CoV-2. You recording me right now? I've been recording this whole time. SARS-CoV-2. All right, well, that makes sense. So that's the virus. That is the virus, and the disease is the coronavirus disease, which is a severe, it's a, an acute respiratory. <sighs> okay, well, that makes sense. Does it, though? Because, I mean, SARS stands for severe acute respiratory syndrome. And if you have a severe acute respiratory syndrome, wouldn't that be the disease, what you are feeling because of it? Or is that just what the virus might cause? I feel like it's a silly way to name the virus based off a symptom. Well, I mean, it's like 
you don't have HIV, you have AIDS. I think that's what they're what they're yeah. like kind of equating it to. Yeah. Because the HIV virus, or that that is the virus, is the HIV the little the viria, which I realize is a term. No, it's not virion. The yeah, virion. virion. That is that is the HIV. All the mess that it causes to happen in your body is known as AIDS. Right. Exactly. Okay. Because the cells that the human immunodeficiency virus attacks are your immune system cells. So like the coronavirus attacks cells in your respiratory system and your, you know, and in your nasal passages in your um, trachea and your lungs. Whereas the AIDS virus or HIV attacks immune cells. So like every virus is going to attack a specific type of cell in your body. So the coronavirus is attacking respiratory cells, whereas HIV attacks immune cells. That is a good point. What other viruses are like? The, what does the flu attack? Same thing. Respiratory cells. Respiratory. I'm thinking. Um, I mean, I'm not a medical doctor, damn it. You well, because the COVID, like the, or just coronaviruses in general, don't only attack the respiratory tract, or at least they do. Maybe, I guess they, yeah, maybe they, do, they do in yeah. us, but... Like they've also been known to attack the the gastrointestinal tract. Yes, as well. Yeah, in horses and in other mammals. I don't know. These are questions for for real doctors. I'm a I'm a fake doctor. You know, I got to walk across stage with a funny hat on, with a PhD in education, which does not qualify me for me whatsoever to talk about diseases. I mean, I you know I know a little bit, but oh, you actually. You- teach biology you teach ap biology so i feel like you're way more qualified than i am because i've only i only teach math and physics and things that exist you <laughs> you know, know, yeah and there's move. there's a unit on viruses which we're actually going to uh now that this is happening we're gonna definitely make sure that we hit that unit on viruses very very hard so that'll be interesting it'll be something that's a real world application mm-hmm. and learning about learning about viruses and then they can go and brag about everything that they know about viruses to the people that are saying that it can be cured with apparently so, toilet paper is the cure for covid what the hell is the pro- what's the deal with toilet paper like i don't understand i don't know like so uh, the idea is that the majority of toilet paper is made in china so is that the case yeah the majority oh. of toilet paper is made in china so in everybody is scared there's going to be a shortage of toilet paper so what they do, because we're idiots and we're, you know, people are stupid, is they go and create a shortage by going and buying all the damn toilet paper. Like, it's not last year when they said there was some some idiot put on Facebook that there's going to be a gas shortage in Texas. What does everybody do? They go buy all the damn gas and create a gas shortage. It's almost, it almost sounds like um, the societal equivalent of a... Um Ah, oh, what's it called? When you create, when you make yourself prophecy. Well, like when you make yourself sick just by thinking, or you, like you show symptoms just because you believe you're sick. Hypochondriac. Yeah. Well, like, is that hypochondriac? I think hypochondriacs just feel like they're sick, but there's other people where they actually create the symptoms. Of, I feel like there's an extension from that. I, I don't know, but these people, like I saw, I was driving by the Dollar General yesterday. And I saw a woman coming out of the Dollar General with at least 200 rolls of toilet paper. Oh, man. And I went to, and then I went to Home Depot of all places. And I was like, dude, Home Depot is going to be empty. 
Like nobody's gonna be in Home Depot because nobody's nobody's like, what the hell do I need home home you know home furnishings for? So we're like, hell yeah, let's go to Home Depot. Nobody's gonna be there. There was like six people at Home Depot. Every single one of them sons of bitches are buying gallons and gallons of bleach and Lysol and Clorox spray. Oh man, like why? Like, <laughs> is your house that disgusting to where you need that? Like, it, it's that's not it's not how it works. Like, you're not gonna spray your kid with Clorox. And like and help anything. It's not how it works. And these people just don't understand. They don't understand. God, my God, they didn't pay attention in high school biology <sighs> at all. Oh, bless you, bless you. Corona. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. No, it's allergies. I'm allergic to cats. And I'm around cats. And there's four of them in this damn house. For the last like 24 hours, I've been around cats. You want a Claritin? Uh, nah. You sure? No, it's fine. Okay. I don't want you to start, you know, getting sick on me here. No, I'm good. Okay. I'll uh, put my immunity in check. Yeah, so people need to quit going out and buying all the damn toilet paper. They just need to let their immunity, like, take control and do its job. Because here's the thing. is like, so China, we are 60 days behind China. Like, what happened in China? Like, 60 days ago, China shut everything down, kept everybody home, quarantined everybody to basically stop the spread of the disease, right? Mm-hmm. So China is just they're they're getting everything back on track now. Like everything's working. So all the toilet paper factories are are working. So if there was going to be a toilet paper shortage, it would have been 45 30 days ago. Okay. So there is no toilet paper shortage. Yeah, from what I understand, China's like they're 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 the amount of people getting infected now has drastically reduced. Like they've they've hit their peak <clears throat> of the virus infection, like the virus spread. And now it's it's on the severe decline. Like yeah, because in a communist country you can do that, but <laughs> in America, when you tell people to stay home, they're like, "Screw you, man! It's St. Patty's Day, bro. I'm going out." Like mm. you know, first thing that, oh my god! I mean, yeah, like people will not, they won't stay home. They won't do it because they they think mm-hmm. this is some kind of like political ploy, like it's the liberals against the conservatives on who's right and who's wrong. I think it, some people think that not everyone is there. That there's quite, there's quite a few. Let's just say a decent 40% of the United States thinks it's some kind of like political ploy and they're just, they're not going to do what anybody says and mm-hmm. they're just going to spray their kid with Lysol at no, like no, <laughs> you need, you need to avoid crowds for a little while. This is why the schools are shutting down because all it takes is one person one person in a building full of people, and then you have a serious issue on your hands. Well, I mean, what what if they're not even sick though? Well, that's the problem with 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 this novel coronavirus is that you can be asymptomatic and you can be spreading the disease. You can be spreading the viral particles and you don't even know it. Like you're not sick at all. You feel fine, mm-hmm. and but you're just walking around breathing, which is all you have to do. You don't have to cough. You don't have to sneeze. All you have to do is breathe because the virus is using the cells in your lungs to make new viral particles. So you're exhaling viral particles the whole time Mm -hmm. and you don't even know you're sick. And you can do that from what I've read. You can do that for up to 14 days. Yeah, that still blows my mind. That's like two weeks that you could be spreading the virus without feeling any symptoms at all, which is scary. Like that's well, because that 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 happened in history. Right. That's that's like the whole story of typhoid Mary, isn't it? I'm not familiar with that story. Well, because she was, um, I guess, what they call a uh, a super carrier, mm-hmm. and so she didn't show any symptoms, but she was spreading the virus. Because she was, I think, she was in the food industry or something back in 
I don't know, 1800s. I don't know. I'll look it up. Yeah. Continue your story. Continue your story. So she was, so she was working and like serving all of these people for the longest time. And they finally like traced it back to her. And she's, she, cause she was the only common denominator among all these people that were getting typhoid fever. And she, she's like, she never got sick, but she, you know, I, well, I don't think they had tests. Like they didn't have the ability to test for things back then. Like she even knew at some point that she had typhoid fever. But at that point, it's just like, well, what, you know, you guys, you still have to make a living. You can't just remove yourself from society and starve to death. Jeez. Yeah. Okay. So early 1900s, she is, she's credited and she's believed to have infected 51 people with typhoid fever as she was working as a cook. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my. First person to be identified as an asymptomatic carrier to the disease. Um, I feel like the fact that and that's a weird thing about viruses is if you have if, if you are a virus that can uh, that can infect people without showing symptoms, then you pose a huge threat. Yeah. And that's the danger. And that's that's mm-hmm. why you, you're seeing, you know, you only we only have a couple of cases you know, here and there. And it's got a really low. There's only a few people dying this is what people are saying, not me. There's only a couple of people dying. The flu kills more people. You guys, everybody's overreacting. No, they're not overreacting because it's highly contagious. And by the time that you start to feel sick from the new coronavirus, it's too late. You've already had it for a while and you've been spreading it for a while. Like by the time you're sick and you're like, I'll just stay home. It's too late. You've already exposed everybody that you've been in contact with for the past week maybe as long as two weeks yep and that's why they tell you like wash your hands you know to keep yourself from contracting the virus because that's how it spreads you know just just contracting the virus when not even like you don't you're not even aware and that's that's the no no that scares me like i might have it yeah i might be spreading it to you right now yeah no shit you're sitting right across from me vice versa you know it's it's that and that's what you know a lot of people feel like i I feel like a lot of people are also in the impression like well i'm going to survive it why should i worry about it and it's not so much that you shouldn't worry about it but if you go visit your grandmother thinking that you're just fine then she gets it and she has uh you know immunodeficiency then okay well all right it looks like we have our caller we'll be right back back this is teachers off task i am paul farrar i am the titular dr bob and we are joined today with a very very special guest um it's actually my sister who is a physician um our topic today we're talking about the novel coronavirus but we are joined by an actual doctor not a doctor like i am but a real medical doctor um dr sister would you mind telling us a little bit about yourself are we calling her sure. Dr. Sister? Is that- I'll, I'll call her Dr. Sister. I suppose Dr. Sister. I, it works for me. She's calling in, by the way. So she's calling in and she's our special guest. Go ahead, Dr. Sister. Sure. As aforementioned, I am your sister, but I'm also a <laughs> pulmonary critical care specialist in uh, the Austin, Texas area. Awesome. Um, do you have any like specialties? I know you just said pulmonary critical care, but like, is there like a subspecialty within that? Uh, no, because it's a it's a subspecialty in itself of internal medicine. 
Oh, okay. What is, so what is pulmonary? What is what is that special? What is that special? So that means that's a, that's specialist of the lungs, and critical care would be critical care ICU. Mm, so people that come in like not being able to breathe, things like that. Correct, and other people, other others being critically ill, whether that's trauma or post-surgical or cardiac arrest um, or other respiratory illnesses causing you to be critically ill on life support or anything like that. What is the most common ailment that you come across in your in your practice? Uh, are we talking inpatient or outpatient? Because I actually do both. Outpatient is probably COPD and asthma. Mm-hmm. Inpatient, it's probably septic shock. Oh, what is COPD? Uh, I'm kind of curious. Emphysema. Okay. Chronic obstructive pulmonary disorder. Disease. Disease not a disorder. All right. All right. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then, what, what did you also say? What? Septic. <laughs> Yeah, in the ICU, it's septic shock where your organs shut down. You have very low blood pressure from any kind of infection. So a urinary tract infection, a perforated appendix, perforated bowel, um, pneumonia. Does does all that stuff affect? Obviously, pneumonia affects the lungs, but like those other things, are they? Is that kind of like part of? Is that still part of the critical pulmonary? It can. And so the critical illness doesn't just have to be pulmonary, just means, you know, you're, you're critically ill. I know it's a very vague term and it truly is because we get patients sent to us for all sorts of reasons that that just get termed critically ill. It's usually what we call hemodynamic instability, which means your blood pressure and your vital signs are very unstable. Okay. Okay. And then that, yeah, that would obviously cause a lot of problems. And that's, that's when you hear all the beeping stuff go off. I had a, I had a question though. Uh, so oh, it's just a stupid question. I'm, I'm really, there's no such thing as stupid, stupid questions, questions, Paul. So are you the person that comes in with that huge bladder thing and starts pumping air into their lungs? Or is that kind of just more or less just a, a nurse? I'm not exactly sure what you're talking about. You know how like in the movies, they put this mask over someone's face with a huge oh, like squeeze yeah, bladder. Yeah, the bag yeah. and they, they're squeezing it. That could be anyone. That mm-hmm. could be a respiratory therapist. That could be a nurse. Um, yeah, it could really could be anyone. Hmm, okay. Because that's just so that's like... Called the, a, it's called a bag mask valve. Yeah, so it could be anyone. Bag mask What valve. is that... Is that just a, is that like a, 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 a breathing assistance? It's oh. yeah. Helping you breathe. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to have a tube down your throat and go on a, a, a ventilator. It just means they're, they're just assisting you and breathing for the moment. All right. That's cool. Well, um, let's just go ahead and dive into the dirty. Uh, so our, our topic that we're talking about today, um, Dr. Sister is, is, is the novel coronavirus COVID 19. Um, why do they call it novel? Novel just means new. So it's like okay. a newly evolved species of coronavirus. Am I right, Dr. Sister? You're absolutely right. Just Woo! like when H1N1 was novel back in 2009. Mm-hmm. If you remember those terms. I do. Mm. H1N1. That's Should the bird flu. more on that. <laughs> that yeah, was it was, it was novel then. It's not yes. novel now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, have you had any... Let's just... I'll just start with an easy question. Have you had any like cases that are... That are possibly coronavirus where where you're working where i practice yeah. no but there are well as of yesterday there were four positive in the austin area really oh wow now they mm-hmm. just canceled south by southwest in austin as well mm-hmm. um can you kind of like 
I, I know there's a lot of people that are upset about that. And I know there's a lot of people that are saying, you know, well, we don't really care that you canceled this. We're going to gather anyway. Um, and I think that's really naive. Yeah. And there, there's also, you know, closing the schools and a lot of people are um, not agreeing with the decision to close the school. Um, can you kind of just give us a rundown of the reasoning of why we need to be avoiding gathering in large quantities of humans at this very point in time. Sure. Um, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll kind of even just rewind back, um, you know, 10 days or 15 days when South by Southwest was coming. I mean, we, we were all from, we meaning, you know, a lot of us in the medical community were actually really worried about that uh, because it hadn't quite hit the U S in full swing yet. And uh, they even had a press conference, you know, uh, four days before they canceled and said there's no reason to cancel. And we thought that was actually really naive and quite frankly, a little stupid because people come from all over the world, um, Europe, Asia, everywhere to come into South by Southwest. Um, And it's a massive gathering of people for two weeks uh, because it's the tech portion the first week which as we know you know google facebook you know everybody um started pulling out and actually i think that's what really led to the city of austin decide to do that because they started to lose really their big hitters um but from an infectious standpoint like you were talking about it, it is extremely infectious it's more infectious than influenza um so and as you know there's no vaccine for that. Uh, people that are healthy can transmit virus mm-hmm. um, before they even start to have symptoms. So that's very worrisome. And if you've ever been to South by Southwest, um, it's especially the music portion is people crowded into a very small space, shoulder to shoulder, uh, you know, breathing in the same airspace, drinking after one another. Uh, you know, easily transmitting anything that is droplet and or airborne. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Total so, sense. yeah, it's it's exceedingly important to have what we have called social distancing. Mm-hmm. Where I, I think it was a, a really a smart idea to cancel schools. It's a smart idea to cancel anything. And what they did here was for gatherings over 2,500 people, I honestly think that's too big, uh, which bothers me here. And I'm sure the same thing is happening in north central Texas where people are flocking to the grocery stores. There's a line to get into the grocery stores, which is an enormous gathering of people. Mm-hmm. So that that's a little um, ironic, if you will. But I think it's actually a good idea until this blows over because we're about 11 days behind Italy. Uh, and we we already see what's happening there. And there's a little naivety with Americans to think that potentially it couldn't happen to us. No. Question mark. <laughs> Americans are naive. No. Yeah, it still blows my mind, like how much it hit Italy. Like I didn't I didn't realize that until I like kind of read up on it. Italy got hit really hard. And I know there were a couple other countries that got hit really hard. Like was it um, the Danish? I don't know. Well, I think a lot of these countries, I think they're responding appropriately. Mm-hmm. You know, Spain, Italy, you know, they're, they're, I think they're responding appropriately by shutting everything down. Well, they, they might have learned the, the hard UK, way. <laughs> yeah, the UK has asked to not have, you know, any health clinic visits unless it's absolutely necessary. Do everything via telemedicine. 
mm-hmm. which we haven't quite done that here, which I'm not sure why. Have have we seen have we seen uh, like a a rush of people to the ER thinking that they're sick? Of course. I was almost one of those people. Were you really? Because mm-hmm. I didn't have a thermometer. I couldn't tell if I had a fever or not, which I feel like is... Well, from, from my understanding, and you might be able to correct me on this, it's uh, like 98 or something percent of people that show symptoms show fever symptoms, but the rest of the symptoms, runny nose, coughing and stuff, it kind of it kind of gets lower and lower from that point. Is that Would that be correct? Uh, I don't know if that's necessarily true. I, I, I really don't know. Okay. Um, you know, we're, we're kind of high alert for anyone that has a fever. Um, I, I'm sure there are probably people that don't, and they are, are having cough and flu-like symptoms. Mm-hmm. Cough, shortness of breath, um, diarrhea. You know, so it's it's all the flu-like symptoms. And the problem is that flu is still active right now. Mm-hmm. Influenza is still active. So as are any other respiratory colds, upper respiratory illnesses. So it's very hard to differentiate so I think that that's part of the issue. So, you know, and, and people are panic. People are panicking as far as, you know, I better go to the ER right now, which is probably the worst place to go to mm-hmm. infect lots of other people. And the seasons are changing. So, like, I mean, it, it'd be, it would be really easy to confuse, you know, like if you have allergies, like severe allergies, you're just getting, you know, pummeled by pollen and all of a sudden you just have all this drainage and you're coughing and you're sneezing you know obviously that could scare the hell out of somebody mm-hmm. right and i know just and like i think sorry go at on at this point in time it should mm-hmm. <laughs> it should scare you so uh, it, you should there should be distancing because the problem is you just don't you just don't know and unfortunately we're in spring break for most American schools and people still traveled. Yeah. And went on mm-hmm. vacation. And I think that's one of the reasons why uh, the schools are shutting down right now is because there are so many kids leaving the area, going to God knows where and bringing back God knows what. And then, you know, they're shutting down the schools for like two extra weeks, mostly because there's that, uh, from what I've read, there's like a 14-day window, as much as a 14-day window, where you can actually be a, totally asymptomatic. And, and shed virus. And shed viral Absolutely. particles. Oh, that's, that's still crazy to me. Like, is there Are there any other like uh, viruses that, that can extend that long as far as being viral without showing symptoms? AIDS. 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 Uh. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yes, herpes. Herpes. Okay, I have to say, forever. like, like Even when flu. you're not symptomatic, you can shed virus forever. Uh, influenza usually stops shedding after fe- febrile symptoms are over. Um, within about seven days, usually, and it can, continues to wane lower and lower and lower after you're done having symptoms. Okay, but like as far as um, uh, contracting influenza, uh, at what point do are are you, um, are you are you shedding viral particles without showing symptoms? I think the highest is and and the the, the highest is obviously when you're febrile and you're having symptoms, and I think the same goes for coronavirus uh, can we, can we know, explain you, what febrile means i'm not oh sorry yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a fever usually you know an elevated temperature in in medicine we typically call it higher than 100.8 okay is it febrile then is that was that what you're saying febrile yes okay meaning cool. the state of having a fever 
Okay. I see. Okay. That's, I was kind of curious. It's what that. the layman would call feverish. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> uh, well, I'm glad we clarified that. I imagine uh, I'm not the only you one. You done got that. a fever. You got, you got the hots. <laughs> <laughs> Stick a cool rag on my head. Oh, man. I'll be all right. Uh, okay. So, so we established that it is, you, you become infectious most likely long before you start, uh, before you start showing potentially. symptoms. Potentially. Potentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So by the time you start showing symptoms, basically it, it's too late. Like, you know, you've already, infected yeah. Quarantine yourself past. once you have symptoms is like, it's, it's too late mm-hmm. is what I'm thinking. It's what I'm, what I've been reading. Um, now, if you do start showing symptoms, would do you? Is it something that you should share with those of you that, or like those people that you interacted with? Because that would be my. What, how do you mean share? Oh, you mean by communicate, not share. Yeah, like if I not was share. just hanging out no, with my friend not yesterday. Not share the virus. Not share the virus. Oh, yeah. Go over to their house and be like, "Hey, yeah. man, I think I'm sick." <laughs> you probably should. Yeah, exactly. You know, uh, I, I kind of think of this. Uh, you know how we tend to watch people that have tuberculosis. You know, the, the health organization, the county health organizations will find out who all of their contacts are, including household contacts, everything and follow them. Um, you know, oh, this, this is, is with, very, with, with what disease? What? That's with tuberculosis because ah. that is an, an airborne disease. Oh, man. Um, so you do. You follow all those people. But I think, yeah, if you test positive, you absolutely have to tell the people, hey, look, you, I exposed you, you know, kind of. And they should be aware. Definitely, you should mm-hmm. share that. Hey, like, don't go visit your grandmother in the hospital yeah. or your friend with asthma. That's probably don't not a good time. A, don't walk into a grocery store full mm-hmm. of people. Oh my and god! Start coughing and touching everything. Dude, <laughs> I went into Sam's yesterday to get tires, and that I mean, the shit was full. I mean, and everybody, all anybody had was toilet paper and Clorox spray and bleach. I don't understand the toilet paper. Well, okay, so here I have a theory. So the the rumor is is that um, you know You're most of our shit your pants. <laughs> <laughs> most of our toilet paper is made in China, so hmm. they're thinking that there is a shortage. There's going to be a shortage of toilet paper because China shut down. Well, we're about sixty days behind China, so China is actually like getting back up. You know, getting everything running. So if there was going to be a toilet paper shortage, it should have happened thirty days ago. Mm. So, but now, but because we're Americans. And we need some kind of crisis to occur. Uh, we're actually going to create our own toilet paper shortage by these dumb bastards going and buying 200 rolls of to- to- toilet paper. I also don't understand the bottled water. Is the water going to shut off at my house? Because everybody at the utility department is going to get coronavirus and we're not going to have water. I don't, I mean, I don't understand. I don't understand a whole I lot. Think, I think it's I don't also drink bottled water anyway. So it's just bizarre. Maybe they just think maybe it's just like a doomsday thing. They, they have the misunderstanding that, you know, it's if the virus is this prevalent that it's going to like, it's essentially if you catch it, there's a huge percent, like a huge likelihood that you're going to die, which is not the case. And I feel like you might be, you might be better to speak to this than I am, but it's my understanding that it's, it's, it's well, like we're, the reason why we're closing all this stuff down is not because the majority of people that will get infected are going to die. But because the impact that it's going to have on our on our healthcare system, like we only have a, a certain capacity of people that we can like accept into all of the healthcare facilities, and if it, it if it gets overwhelmed, then there's going to be like serious people that don't get coronavirus that uh, that are also that are you know in in critical condition that are going to be it, it's just going to cause a huge uh, a huge demand like a, a greater demand than our health. Oh, care. I think I think that's yeah, I think that's already going to be there for sure. There is because people are going to pour in. And yeah, it's going to be a massive event. And you're right. We don't have the capacity for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just don't. 
there's not that there's not enough ICU beds probably, you know, in, in the U.S. I think there was something around uh, the U.S. had some 70,000 beds and could be expanded up into the 90,000 ICU beds. But I think you're absolutely right that we're not going to have the capacity to care for those people that actually truly need it. Um, and as far as the mortality goes, you know, for example, influenza mortality is about 1%. So as of current count, I want to say there's been about 16,000 influenza deaths in the 2019-2020 season. Again, influenza is still going. Um, The mortality rate for coronavirus or the novel coronavirus, it's still evolving. It's Mm -hmm. hard to tell. It's, it's, there's mm-hmm. a range. It's been from 1% up to 5%. But I think the sample size isn't really big enough right now for us to say exactly what the mortality rate is. Okay, because I'm seeing here, like Wikipedia has some stuff. I don't know. The how most credible of sources, I, Wikipedia. Yeah, that's what I'm, you know, I'm not saying. Com- <laughs> well, I have, I have the stats compared to other, other coronaviruses, which I feel like could be an accurate sense to compare to. But it's, uh, it's only at like 3.5% case fatality. But they actually have recorded 3,803, which is like more than f- like three times as much as any of the other coronaviruses that have caused a pandemic in the last, uh, you know, the last few decades, which is still significant, I think. Well, one of the things I read from the uh, journal, New England Journal of Medicine, not Wikipedia. Um, <laughs> I think you said that in all caps, by the way. <laughs> I, I did. I did. Underlined and bolded. Uh, uh, what I, what people, a lot of people don't, realize is that you know SARS was a type of coronavirus and MERS was a type of coronavirus the Middle East Respiratory Syndrome Um, Middle East Respiratory Syndrome came from camels this happened actually a couple like not too long ago I think it was like what 2008 hey can we let's 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 pause that I think I think that would be a great thing to hit in our next thing we're just going to take a brief break real quick god damn you and then and then we're going to touch on all the other kinds of coronavirus that we can uh, be exposed to all right or that people haven't exposed. I'm to. glad you're here to stop me from talking. <laughs> well, we need to take a break at some point. All right, quick break. All right. If you guys would are interested in a motorcycle trip, and maybe you don't own a motorcycle, but maybe you would like to make a motorcycle trip, you can contact Terry at thelongwayadventures.com. Okay. Let's get back on task, y'all. Well, and you know, have you? I'm sure you've probably seen, you know, the theories that this is genetically modified. Oh, yeah, because there is a bioweapons plant in Wuhan. Yeah, yeah well, level yeah. four. I mean, yeah. you know, there's a level four, like uh, a <laughs> in lab in Galveston. <laughs> <laughs> right next to the beach, there's a bunch of people, like, hanging out at the beach, and there's, like, a freaking biochemical lab, right? Uh, bioweapons lab right behind them. They're all, yeah, taking, and then they're all taking pictures with it. And it's just, just also ironic that there's a Dean Koontz novel that talks about you know, the Wuhan virus, right? Just, it's it's a little creepy. Oh, no. That's crazy. What? Yeah. I should oh, yeah. read more. <laughs> you should, yeah, you could, you, could, you could probably Google which Dean Koontz novel it actually is that actually mentions that. I think it's called like the Wuhan virus. You're like, holy shitballs. Oh, that's that's <laughs> nuts. All right. Well, we're back with our, with uh, Dr. Sister. And mm-hmm. um, so, uh, you, you've got to go. You've got some little ones you got to tend to, but I, I do have like one final uh, question for you uh, to help our listeners out. All 10 of them. Um, like what, what do, what do we need to do realistically? What is the preventative measures that we need to do besides these crazy ass people going out buying toilet paper and Lysol 
Like what, what are you really, what's a realistic preventative measure? I, I think realistically it's social distancing. I wouldn't get on an airplane. I wouldn't get on a cruise ship, uh, hand wash, don't touch your face. Uh, and you know, you can kind of look at uh, now is everyone in the U S going to wear a paper mask when they go out in public? Probably not, but they maybe should. Uh, but yeah, I, I really think social distancing, getting not no large gatherings and just realize that this is actually, it's real. Mm-hmm. And this isn't a, it's not a, I don't think it's a joke. Uh, and the only way we can really prevent spread is to do the most appropriate things, mm-hmm. which is going to be hand wash, stay the hell out of public places for now. Don't do things that you don't have to do. Don't go to a concert. Don't do something stupid like that. Mm-hmm. Don't go to Walmart. Yeah, no, bad idea. Is, is like out in the idea. country okay? Like if you want to go hiking in a somewhat remote area, I say remote because uh, my plans were to go to Big Bend. Is that, would that be unsuggested? Well, I think you would be okay in Big Bend because there's not going to be a lot of people there. Now, if you show up to Big Bend and there's like thousands of people hiking the same trail as you, then maybe there's an issue, mm. especially if they're all like, you know, Chinese. <laughs> Just stick the back country. Yeah. Those trails, not use the ones that have all the facilities. Yeah. If it's a bunch of Chinese people coughing, you probably don't want to take that trail. All right. All right, y'all. All right. Well, thank you, Dr. Sister, for joining us. You bet. Yep. Take have, care. Right, Appreciate it. Bye. That was Dr. Sister. So that was my sister. Um, pulmonary critical care specialist down in the Austin area um, where they just they canceled South by Southwest and a bunch of people are angry about that. But I mean, in reality, it's, you know. They're doing it with the safety of the public in mind because all it takes is is one person, one person to be there for 14 days and think about how many people will be exposed. 14 days, I feel like is still like that's it seems extensive. I don't know. It seems like I don't think it's it's not like I don't think it's like that with everybody. I think for more, more or less for most people, depending on how how much they've been exposed. Like if they were just making out with somebody versus if they just wafted (laughs) by someone that had coronavirus, then. I think that affects like how long it takes for them to be infectious and well i mean it's it's up. just like everything else everybody's different yeah you know it, it depends it's as it that's why i keep saying as long as 14 days like i heard i read something the other day where like the consensus is going to be like you know average five five days but yeah. think but still still even though even then five days of some dude or lady walking around for five Ladies days can be dudes or lady dude, mm-hmm. or dude lady, walking around for five days, you know, mm-hmm. slapping hands with people. Like, how many know? people do you interact with within five days? I imagine that varies from person to person. Oh, well, let's but just, let's just like talk as about, a teacher, oh yeah, my gosh. Yeah, think about it, yeah. Think about how many people are within 10 feet of you on a daily basis as a teacher in our school, mm-hmm. within 10 feet of us. So we're talking about all the kids, all the kids in our, each one of our classes, all the kids that walk by us in the in the hallway, and then if you have lunch duty like I do, all the kids you interact with during lunch duty. Oh, man. I mean, it's, you're talking about hundreds. Yeah. Hun- maybe, you know, hundreds of kids. Yeah. Every day. Oh, well, the, okay. So the good thing with kids though, in case if you're, if you know, you have like an infant or something or super worried about it, there have been no, oh, I, I don't know if I can trust Let's not this, get crazy. There, there have been no deaths reported from my understanding of, um, deaths for the coronavirus contracted people under the age of 18. Yeah. So if wonder, you're under the age of 18, you're, you're probably gonna be fine. But here's the thing is you're, you can still spread it. 
That's yeah. The, oh, yeah. That's absolutely. the issue. Is like it's not that you're going to be fine and you don't have to worry about it. It's that you can still spread the disease. You I'm can just still spread the virus. I'm just talking about like to all the parents. Like, don't worry that your kid, unless they're like immuno, um, what is it, uh, immune immunocompromised, yeah. then yeah, they they should be fine if they but are they immunocompromised or you're you know anybody that's immunocompromised should not be interacting with people. And it's also like if you have like one of the main things they've seen is if they have multiple ailments. So like if you have diabetes or you have lupus or you have some kind of ailment already Mm -hmm. then you're more susceptible to infection and this is like and this is the sad part about the way our healthcare system is set up because we have so many people that that do like the majority of people that have those severe ailments that would be most affected by the coronavirus are at the places where the people that have the coronavirus are going to flock to which is like the hospitals and stuff which is why i think it's brilliant that they've started having these um drive-through clinics where they if they, if you consider if you think you might have coronavirus you just do the drive through and you're not actually in the building you're not exposing other people in the building to coronavirus and they're like isolating the uh the the people the treatments and stuff that they need to do for coronavirus from everyone else that needs medical treatment because um, you know, if you if you intertwine those, then you're, you're going to compromise everybody that's in that hospital. Or drive, just like the, a, a lot of people drive through clinics. Huh? Yeah. Have you not heard of those? No. Yeah. They're popping up everywhere that the, the outbreak is coming out. I'm just waiting for them to get here. They have, I don't I don't think there's any drive. No, actually, I do think they've started a couple drive through um, clinics in, in or it's like specifically coronavirus um, mm-hmm. testing facilities uh, in Dallas. Mm-hmm. Rumored, at least. I don't know. I, I could be wrong. Could all be rumors. Just like, you know. This is some kind of political plot. Yeah. Which which drives me nuts. Like I can't I, I can't listen to someone who talks about how this is like some kind of like leftist scare tactic or some kind of right wing scare tactic. It's it's always somebody No, this is I mean, this is real. This is a real mm-hmm. issue. The schools are closed. Like this is gonna affect all of our listeners are teachers. This is gonna affect a lot of people. This is gonna this affects you and me. Mm-hmm. You know, not if not directly, indirectly, because now we have to deal with some kind of fallout that's going to happen. Yeah, especially with our jobs. Like um, on, on one hand, I'm like really happy that we get another week of spring break because then I can actually take the trip that I didn't get a chance to this week. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, I, I am really concerned with like the impact this is going to have on my ability to you know finish teaching school, teaching the subject, and what I'm thinking. Yeah, or what I hear is that they're probably going to extend school another week into the summer or however long they need to. Oh, I've also heard the other. I've also. Yeah, I think I think the big thing that they're gonna do um, here's what I'm predicting is because like like Doctor Sister said um, like this is just this is just the beginning and you know and we need we're trying we want to take these preventative measures but uh, we're stupid and <laughs> people are still gonna travel uh, people are still gonna gather in large groups I'm actually foreseeing like I, I'm predicting that we're gonna have confirmed cases in the city where you and I work. And they're going to shut it down. And we're going to go to an online format. Mm-hmm. That's that's really what I'm thinking. Because uh, if you think about it, we have large universities all around us. Mm-hmm. Lots of people are traveling in and out of the United States from those universities and coming back. Oh uh, yeah, the universities are the biggest thing. And like, yeah, yeah that, I, that that's one of my biggest concerns too. Is being a teacher. Not only am I around so many people, but I'm also in a uh, a, a town that's near the college, like very near the college. And a pretty like two two colleges, two pretty fair sized colleges. Yeah, Man. it's so you do have a lot of people traveling from around the world to to come and learn at these colleges, yeah. and they're visiting people on spring break at their home, you know, in their home country. And, and if you go a little bit, you know, fifteen miles south, there's a couple of more pretty 
decent sized colleges. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I mean, the, the possibility is huge. You know? Oh, yeah. I, They've had confirmed cases in Dallas. They've had confirmed face cases in Frisco. This uh, is another reason why I'm so relieved that they actually did do this, because it was a real fear of mine yeah. coming back. Like, I, I am one of those kind of people that always has to touch their face. So um, I, I feel like I would be uh, very susceptible to, to, you know, especially if I'm around so many um, so many people of contracting this virus or any virus. It's a, it's a scary thing. And I think um, I, it's not a joke. That's mm-hmm. the thing. It's not a joke. Like I am personally, I'm not afraid of getting it. Like if I get sick, I get sick. And there you go. I'm like, I'm more afraid of who I might spread it to. That's, that's my biggest Yeah, concern. that's the thing. I'm, yeah. I'm more afraid of, you know, not knowing that I have it and going to work mm-hmm. and there being, you know, 3000 kids in that building. Like we just talked about, like think about all the kids that we interact with on a daily basis. You yeah. know, we're in a little bitty tiny room and I'm talking the whole time, 30 kids at a time. And then all those kids walking past me in the hallway, walking past, you know, kids that I talk to during lunch. Do you think about how many potential, uh, you know, infections I could cause? Oh yeah. Insane. And that's, see, and I feel like that's another thing we should, you know, the reason why you want to wear masks. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Cause it's, it's not so much that it'll, it'll prevent you from getting the virus. It'll, it'll provide very minimal protection in that regard, but it's more or less if you have the virus that you don't know about, that's, that's why you should wear the mask. Like, you know, to prevent other people from getting it. I've also heard not to like not to flock to go buy a bunch of masks because there's now there's a, a mask now, sort, now, yeah, shortage exactly. that the, the medical industry needs. Yeah. And so now that's, that's become a thing. But if you are going to wear a mask, uh, like if you think you might've been exposed, definitely wear a mask. So you don't expose anybody else. or rather just stay or, at home. Yeah. Keep yeah, don't, your ass don't, home. Yeah. Don't buy a mask. Just stay at home. And if, if you, if you're sick when it's time to go back to work, keep your ass home. Mm-hmm. Like same thing with the parents and kids. Like, Mm-hmm. But I mean, you and I both know, like, two weeks off of school, these parents can be tired of their kids. Oh yeah, and they're going to make them go to school whether they're sick or not because their parents are a bunch of assholes, <laughs> and like they're just going to like no. Well, I because I've also heard home. from parents within the district. I can just kind of like overheard people talking is that they are now having the issue where they they have to feed their kid, oh. like, and they have to feed, <laughs> which oh. is if you haven't if you haven't prepared for that because they only gave this notice. Oh. Friday. You have to feed your child. I'm not saying, well, oh. duh. It's it, duh, but it's Here's they've only I'm, had the notice yeah. since last Friday that they don't have that time to prepare or go to the grocery store, which is now being oh. discouraged. Those poor, poor, poor parents. I'm not, no, that's, that's a real concern. Oh, I know, but you know what? The school districts are doing the right thing, and mm-hmm. the school districts are going to provide breakfast and lunch for the students. I'm saying I'm sympathizing with the parents. It's, and, yeah. But you know what? Here, here's my thought. Um, in the way that it was worded, you know, if you're worried about feeding your child during this, during the break and everything, like the school will be providing breakfasts and lunch. Like if you're worried about feeding your kid, then coronavirus is at least your damn worries. Like, like you need to do something to where you can feed your kid. Well, that's it's not the concern that they, it's that they won't have the ability to. It's just the short notice that we've had that they're going not like they have to buy for a, like three times as much for another week because now they have to feed their kid breakfast oh. and lunch, which they, which they didn't prepare for. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, I, I'm just saying if I were in it, the shoes look. of a parent that had three kids, I would have liked to have a little more notice rather than just two days to collect another week's worth of stuff. 
To well, like, at least they did it on a Friday, so you have the entire weekend to go stock up on food. Yeah, of course they did it on a Friday. They're not going to do it on the weekend. And all those kids are going to do is sit at home and eat. Mm-hmm. And That's, watch TikTok. And watch and make TikTok videos. Which is good. And do jack squat, which is exactly what, what they need. need. They don't need to be going out. See, like if this was in the 90s when I was in high school, dude, mm-hmm. and we got an extra week of spring break, whole baby. Yeah. It had been on. What they should do. Is read a freaking book. That'd be good. Mm-hmm. Read a book. Yep. So all the yeah. parents out there that are listening, make your kid read a book this week. Maybe read a book about uh, diseases. Uh, maybe not read something that's a bunch of crap. Mm-hmm. That'd be good. Uh, read something where they're actually going to learn uh, a little bit. Oh, well, I mean, I feel like there's there's plenty of like uh, books that are both entertaining and somewhat educational. Like, personally, well, yeah, I mean, I like, hey. like Dan Brown. I always feel like I, I I come out of those books learning, having learned something. I don't know who Dan Brown is. Uh, the The Da Vinci Code. Mm-mm. Oh, okay. Well, I've heard of the Da Vinci Code. But. Yeah, he comes out with he's he has another like it's, it's a series of books which I personally love. In fact, he came out with one. Uh, not his most recent one, but something somewhat recently about. A this guy that was going to re- release a bioterrorism virus, and I don't want to spoil the end of that, but I do want to talk to you about the repercussions of that at a later time. The repercussions of a bioterrorism virus, a, a specific one that does a very specific thing. Oh, okay. Um, but anyways, off topic. No, I don't think it, I don't feel like it's off topic. That's off task. It's not. No, no. We're doing actually a really good job staying on task. If you want to, uh, what's that? Yeah, read a book. You know what you need to do with your kids is uh, leave them at home, take away their phones, and give them some books. Mm -hmm. But you know, God, this is. I talked about this with with my podcast the other day. Is just like we're in a society that there are people who don't want to read, who don't like to read. Mm -hmm. You know, and uh, I was. (laughs) He's gonna be bad. You ready? Mm -hmm. I'm about to. I'm about to shame somebody. So I have a, a this guy I went to high school with. He's not really going to listen to this podcast, so I don't really care. And he's talking about, you know what? I have this goal of, of reading the Bible in the next year. And like I've read the Bible. So, I've um, read that goal. Um, a, a full year to read the Bible. And all he did was talk about how much he hated reading. He's like, I don't. But I have this. He had to get an app that paced him through reading the Bible. And he's like... It's amazing just how little I have to read every day to get through the entire Bible in a year. Well, yeah, it's like what? One or two, you know, two or three pages a day and you can get through the whole thing in a year. Or you can actually focus your brain power, like maybe read 20, 30 pages a day and then you'll get through it in a month. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I read it. I read the Old Testament um, like in my spare time in graduate school. Just and I think it took me like maybe a week. I mean, some people are better at reading than others. Like personally, I I think I'm good at reading if depending on the content. But some things, like even books that I like, I'll find myself going through like two or three pages without actually absorbing anything because my mind will just wander. Yeah, like, oh, I'm not the only one because you're not focused. It's yeah. just you have to find. Like I used to have the exact same problem um, uh, when I was in high school. When I was an undergrad, like I never could remember what I was reading. I would read you know 150 pages and didn't remember a single word of it. Mm-hmm. It's just like, you know, getting in the mindset and focusing your brain to read. Like you, you can't just like sit down and read. You can't listen to music. You, you can't have stuff in the background. Like your brain has to be focused on that page and you have to immerse yourself in the text to where as you're reading, like when I read, 
I'm actually visualizing the story in my head as I'm reading. Mm-hmm. I think so, that helps too with like, especially some of the more like did I, I go back to Dan Brown. There's a, a bunch of other, I imagine Dean Coons probably does the same thing where it does make it like a very cinematic kind of experience yeah. as you're reading it. Cause it's, it's very vivid in detail. It gives you just the right amount, but also just the right amount of action that's happening so that you don't get, you know, wrapped up in just the environment. That's why, that's why I enjoy like historical I like historical novels, um, historical accounts or like scientific accounts. Cause I have the ability to like basically visualize what I'm reading in my head. So like, as this, as the author is going through what's happening in history, I'm, I'm actually seeing it in my head and the same thing. Like as we're talking, you know, as I'm reading like a biology book or something and it's talking about what's happening in cells and shell cell mas- machinery, like I'm able to visualize all that in my head, but I wasn't always like that. Um, I wasn't always like that. There Do we a... want to talk about the cell machinery of the, well, because it's not really a cell, but the the makeup of a virus? Yeah, sure. We can talk about it. All right. Because we talk we... about coronavirus and because yeah. there's different types of viruses. Yeah. And they all, they all look differently. Um, mm-hmm. And now the reason, why do we, do you know, you, you know why we call it the coronavirus. I think yeah. you're actually the one that told me why we call it the coronavirus. Yeah. So it's, it's, it has spikes on, on the capsule. So it's like a, it's a spherical capsule. Um, and it has little spikes, um, like basically it's surface proteins and what those spikes do when you look at it through an electron microscope, it actually looks sort of like a crown. So, uh, Spanish for crown is Corona. So they, that's why they call it coronavirus because of the spikes. You can also, they also call like the, when the moon goes in front of the sun, there's a thing that happens called the Corona, which I, it, I guess it still stems from the understanding of crown or halo yeah. is also what I've heard yeah. it also represents, but it, like, it's just, imagine that. I don't know if you've seen that, but it kind of looks like that through an electron microscope. Now, if you're actually looking at a 3d image of it though, I think it looks a little different. It doesn't necessarily look like a Corona. Yeah, it kind of looks I mean, like a tiny planet with really these big triangular trees popping out of it. Yeah, and what those what those spikes are, um, like I said, those are like just um, surface proteins and it's glycoproteins. Sorry, glycoproteins. Um, does that what does the glyco mean? It just means it has a sugary sugar uh, component to it. Oh, so that's, is that why it's so easy to stick? No, no, it sticks to the cell because it's got sugary. No. sticky component well I, that's that's how they grapples to the cell wall doesn't it well let me let me get there okay so no it's not how it grapples to the cell wall because um mammalian cells do not have cell walls they have cell membranes so, so okay the cell but membrane. the cell membrane also is going to have cell surface proteins they're called antigens um and that's how so if you if you have a cell surface glycoprotein on your cell membrane that matches the glycoprotein from the coronavirus, that coronavirus is able to dock onto your cell surface. And then what happens is, um, please tell me you're not reading the article that says how coronavirus hijacks your cells. Well, it's, I'm saying from what I've read it, we don't know how it happens. Okay. Is that it it either injects the, well, it's, it it all works pretty much in the same way. Um, most, most viruses are going to work the same way. Um, so it docks to your cells and what happens is, is the capsule of the virus is essentially made out of the same thing as your cell membrane. It's a phospholipid bilayer. Mm-hmm. Um, I could be wrong on that, but I'm, I think that's what it is. And what it does is that capsule of the virus basically integrates itself into the cell membrane. And inside the capsule of the virus is the viral DNA or the viral um, 
genetic, whatever the genetic protein is, it's either going to be DNA or it's going to be RNA. I believe coronavirus is an RNA virus. And so what will happen is it'll inject that RNA or DNA into the cell. It is RNA. Yeah, it's an RNA virus. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Uh, it'll inject that RNA virus, uh, that RNA um Particle. Positive, the positive yeah. sense single-stranded RNA genome. Yeah, it'll deposit that into your cell's genetic machinery. And that what will happen is the cell's machinery will start replicating that DNA or that RNA. And basically what's happening is, is the virus is overtaking your cells to make more viral particles. I'm making this as simple as possible. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing as you think about it. An alien taking over your body... To give birth to more aliens. Maybe I'm just... I'm an 80s kid. So <laughs> I, I like the the alien uh, the alien analogy. Where like, you know, the alien comes in and impregnates your body with more aliens. Mm-hmm. And then those aliens are born and they go and impregnate more humans. Yeah, but you also have to establish... Or like, it's because it's a, it's a symbiotic relationship. Because it, it, it ends up killing the cell. It's... Uh, symbiosis is... It's a parasitic. Parasitic? Parasit, thank you. Okay. Parasitic. Parasitic? Yeah. Parasitular? There you go. (laughs) Parasitic relationship. I think, um, yeah, we'll just do that. We'll say that. Okay. It's more like, yeah, it's a parasite. Mm -hmm. Which pretty much, I mean, all viruses do essentially the same thing. They take over a cell's machinery in order to replicate themselves because viruses are not technically living organisms because they need they need a host in order to replicate themselves that's still that still blows my mind like it's that it's not a living thing yet it's it it can reproduce itself and it's like at what point do we consider something as a living thing but it can only need we need other things to reproduce ourselves but it can only reproduce itself with a host well we can only reproduce ourselves after we've probably eaten some meat or some amount of protein like i guess you wouldn't call that a host we're not but we're still consuming. Well, I them. can eat meat and protein, but I can't make a baby. By myself. Yeah, but you can't make a baby. A, bo- a baby. You can't make a baby without having eaten meat and protein. Viruses, viruses I don't eat. Yes. Uh, all right. All right. Yeah. So they can't reproduce themselves without a host. They don't take in energy. What else do they not do? They don't. Yeah, they don't take in energy. Because there's like five basic things that to be qualified as as living, and one is like reproduce yourself. Take in energy, move. I don't know. That's why they're so. I think they're so interesting. So, would you call? Would would a protein be living? No. So, is it kind of like a protein, like a rogue protein? Well, it has proteins on it. Yeah. So it's like a weird classification between you know it has living components, but isn't living. Mm. Like not all the components that we'd consider living. You just confused me. Hold on. Well, you're talking has, about you're talking about they have protein component. There's no. No portion of the virus is technically living, like so. But it has components that are necessary for things to be living. Yes, like, like proteins DNA. aren't really useful for anything other than. Oh, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's like it's it's more or less like a living component. Proteins don't really have much other function, or do they? I don't know. Proteins are not a living component. I'm not. But everything that lives has proteins. So. And so it's a living component or not. It's a no, component okay, it's not a, of living things. It's a component things. of life, I should say. Yeah. Well, so is DNA. Yeah. But DNA is not a protein. But it's a component of life. It has that, protein. It has that viruses. Well, it doesn't have DNA, but it's a component of life. Like RNA. Is, it, is RNA, RNA is a protein? Uh, no, it's a nucleic acid. Okay. 
also there's another a, component there's of life. Yeah, there's a difference. That is required for a virus to have. I'm looking at the characteristics of life right now because this is making me angry. All right. <laughs> and for some reason, my phone's not working. I don't know what's going on. Are you connected to the right Wi-Fi? Cause I've no, that. look. Look what's happening. See that? My, nothing's showing up. <sighs> get in a thousand dollar phone and uh it, i can't even get it to work this is ridiculous this is why you know i hate technology and everybody wants we need to integrate technology into education well every time i do it doesn't work well you know in times like these it's very freaking useful to have technology-based education because they're not gonna they're not coming to school i can't i can't talk to them i don't no. necessarily want to no i really and i i actually i i volunteered I, I wrote an email and I volunteered. It's like, hey, you know, you guys need somebody to help everybody get on online with with Canvas. Like, let me know. Like, mm-hmm. I'll help as much as I can. Hey, I'd like to do that too. Because I think um, I think that's where it's going to go. I yeah. think we're going to go to an online format um, at least for a little bit. I don't um, know if everyone has the the device. Every I think every they, every little sob has a phone that they can <laughs> get online with. Like, and I I I don't. I don't believe in the excuses. Like every parent has bought every kid a damn phone. I don't care how poor you are or how much you can't feed your kids. You have given that kid a phone Mm -hmm. because for some reason in America, that's that has jumped to the top of things that you need. What is Maslow's needs? Mm -hmm. Uh, That's jumped to the top. Well, communication, I feel like, is very valuable. And if you're not able to communicate with your kid wherever they are. No, that's, like, that's stupid. That's huge, no, no, no that's it's stupid. stupid. No, it's not. Like, I think there's a, there's I remember, a huge value I remember in when that. I was a kid, go. Go outside and play. Be back in three hours. Okay. See so what else is on there? Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Food. Food. Right? And water. water how else food, are you gonna, water, shelter. If they're away, how are you going to know they've eaten? That they're, that they're taking care of? That their Maslow's Maybe needs are taken care of? Maybe you raised your kid not to be stupid <laughs> and to go get food. Here's... Three dollars. Here's five dollars. Make sure you get something to eat. But like the entire like process of I don't even have any kids and I just but I sit here and I watch people with their children. I'm like when the Terminators take over, your kid's dead. Because he's not gonna have no have any idea how to fend for themselves. You know why I didn't go to the store and buy a bunch of food and buy a bunch of toilet paper? Because I've already got it. Like I've got deep freezes full. Of, toilet paper? of deer meat and like beef, like and vegetables. Like I, I'm not a doomsday prepper, but well, okay. I don't, for I don't like buy, me. I don't very buy minimalist. I don't, I don't. That's stupid. I don't have. Stupid. I don't have food for like two days. Like how how many days worth of food do you have in your place? Oh, no, I probably have like a week's worth of food at least. Okay, what happens if shit hits the fan? Cool. Then I'll be good for a week to figure and then, out. And what then you'll to come do. over to my house. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's like I'm not saying it's stupid. There's certain things like I certain things I agree with being a minimalist and then certain things I don't. Um I don't want to ever have to think about where my next meal's coming from. Like I okay, don't well, I don't wait until I'm completely out of food before I go shopping for food. Well, consider this. Imagine if, you know, shit really did hit the fan and uh you lose electricity. What happens to all that deer meat that you have in your freezer? Uh I dry it out. Mm-hmm. I okay. hang it in the sun and I dry it. That makes sense. Or, but th- that's, guess what else? I, so I got a, I got a generator. I got a generator in the back. <laughs> We've had electricity go out. We're going to get the gas. <laughs> the gas station. And if what happens when all that flies I, off? Flies I out of the tanks like the toilet out of paper. your car. Oh yeah. Well, I, you know, like, I will go out at night and I will siphon gas out of people's cars so you can keep your deer frozen. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Exactly. Because what do mm. I care? They're all, everybody's dying of coronavirus. Mm. They're zombies. They don't give a shit about their car anymore. 
That's um very self uh, what is it self preservation exactly yeah no when when it hits the fan dude like I know where I'm gonna go I know where I'm gonna be well okay so my argument for like not being you know not having prepared for another week is because like everything has a shelf life especially things that you consider healthy are the ones that have the lowest shelf life yeah and so if you're trying to be healthy with your family chances are you're not going to have a bunch of like a week's worth of food you're going to yeah. have like you know exactly a few days worth of food because the, that's the food that you consider to be healthy well, you, you should freeze it well, not, not everything is you can freeze like what uh like i don't know maybe i'm just exaggerating corn. you like, can freeze corn vegetables you can freeze vegetables all right. Okay. Maybe you can just freeze a lot of stuff, but your your freezer is only so big. Usually, it's the refrigerator parts is the biggest. You can that's only why fit. I have. That's why can I you have fit this. a week's worth of stuff in your freezer? <laughs> I know I can. Have you seen my freezer? <laughs> oh, well, you have like the huge thing. Yeah. Not everyone has that. I've got two of them. Well, that's their damn fault. <laughs> okay, that's that's not my problem. That not everybody has that. All right, I am a a red red blooded American. Okay. This podcast like, brought to you by not, Deep Tub Refrigeration. Yeah, not everybody gets to have a deep freeze, mm-hmm. even though everybody should have one because they're only like 150 bucks. Go really? buy, yeah. Oh, go buy one and fill it up, dude. You never know. And like the other thing is, like, I'm I take a, up a lot of space too, though. Like, I, I like real estate. Uh, not really. I mean, if you have an apartment, there's no way you're going to have one of those things in your apartment. No. That's not my problem. If you live in an apartment, that's, then you're that's, just not, that's not my All fault. Right. That's your fault. Yeah. That's, so, it's, so it's it's those people's. Fault and if that you they live in can't apartment. spare, you know, those things are like two feet by four feet. If you can't spare eight square feet in your apartment for a deep freeze, then I, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, that's so unrealistic. No, nobody in their apartment is going to take a huge, a huge, huge. refrigeration. No, eight it's square feet. Yeah, that's huge. That's like eight square feet. Like most people won't even put a refrigerator in their apartment. That's, that's their, why apartments their fault. come with refrigerators. That's their fault. So you're it's saying apartment complexes should just provide. Well, it doesn't. It doesn't really matter. No, I'm not saying apartment <laughs> complexes should provide anything because that's communism. Okay. <laughs> but the other problem is, is that when when it hits the fan, guess what? All the power is going to go out to all the apartments, and all that food in their refrigerators and the food in their deep freezers are going to spoil. Where I'll mm. be in my house with a generator going siphoning gas out of people's cars <laughs> to keep it happening. Um, that's, that's, that's what'll happen with me. Mm-hmm. But mm, since siphoning gas out of my car. Yeah. Well, yours is a minivan, which will be actually very easy to siphon gas out of. Oh yeah. Yeah. Is it, is it as easy as just popping the thing open, sticking the hose in there? Exactly. False. Cause you have to unlock it from the inside. Oh, they were smart about building that. Yeah. It's called a crowbar. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll get it open. Don't worry. All right. I will get it open. I'll just be sure to not be anywhere around you. When when it hits when the fan. Hits no, the fan. no. When it hits the fan, you want to be around me. Like, you want to be. Not if I want to go anywhere. But if this is where I want to be, that's well, Yeah, where would bad. you go if it hits the fan? Where are you going to go? You're going to go to Big Ben? Well, I'm not going to get very far if other people are thinking like you and stealing my gas. Exactly. <laughs> like, no. Like, what? This isn't zombie land. You're not going to be, like, going all over the place. Like, traveling all over the place. No, man. You, like, find a place. You, you. You uh, conserve your resources. You get them all in one place, and then and you sit and you wait it out. Like, where are you gonna go? I have a couple places I have in mind. I have a place I have in mind, which is here. No, which is no, not here. Oh, and not here. Okay, my ranch, my that'd farm. Be, that'd be a good place to That's, go. Yeah, and guess what? You're not invited because <sighs> you want to talk about how I'm some sort of like 
self selfish person. You damn right. Oh well, yeah, because you're trying to steal my gas. I will steal your gas. Yeah. Now I'm a self preservation person. Stockpile it. So I'm gonna be I'm gonna be guarding that thing with another crowbar. No. Well, <laughs> your crowbar versus my gun. Mm. All right. So now I'll be I'm like, give me the, the crowbar gas to a gunfight. Give me the gas out of that minivan, boy. <laughs> 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 I need uh, I should, need to fuel up my pickup. We should play this out sometime. Oh, this will be fun. That'll, that'll be your character. No, on Dungeons and Dragons, mm-hmm. it's not happening, man. I'm not playing Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, you should you should try it just a little bit. You know, just like one session. How are you to know you don't like it if you never tried it? That's why. Well, you know what? I've never tried heroin, but I'm pretty sure I'm I would love it. Mm-hmm. But there's just a reason why I'm not going to try it. I hear oh, heroin's okay. amazing. So that's why you don't want to try it. Not because you're not nerd enough, but because you're afraid that you're going to get addicted to it. See, I'm a huge nerd. So you're going to enjoy like, it too much. I have a PhD. Much. Of course I'm a nerd. But I'm, that doesn't mean I need to play Dungeons & Dragons. I'm not saying you need to. I'm just saying it could be an opportunity to enjoy yourself. I'm not going to do it. If no. you're looking for something to enjoy yourself, though, then I strongly consider it. Like how many hours... Are we talking about here? Okay. Well, actually, yesterday it took a lot. Well, a lot of it was just like building the character. How but many hours did you spend yesterday on your first day? Uh, what time did I get there? Probably like around three thirty, and then I stay there until probably eleven. Oh my god! A lot of that was just building the character, though, and a lot of that was me also just trying to get back on the freaking ship, just swimming through water and failing. Like metaphorically, or no, like was in actually, the game? And the game. This has actually happened. What the hell? I fell off the ship. How did you fall off the ship? I was spitting on a dwarf. And what the <laughs> did you did you roll the dice and the dice were like, okay, you're spitting on a dwarf? No. Why would you spit on a little person? That's just mean. He was trying to kill us. He was trying to get on the ship, and I was just like, no. And so I spat on him because I didn't have anything that I could drop on him. And then you fell spit. in the water. Yeah. <laughs> I'm having a hard time. Like there's like a little person trying to get on this boat. He's like, help me, help me. And you spit on him. Actually, I I, I spat on him and then I offered him a hand. It's it, it, the character is is um he's kind of confusing. It's what we call chaotic neutral. So I did lend him a hand, but so this other all in my party decided this, he needed to die, and so he he ended up this all works like by dice. Well, no, like I, I decided to take these actions. Whether or not I succeed in the actions is what where the dice comes into play. So you made the conscious decision to spit on a little person. Well, okay, I didn't spit on him. I spit at him, but the dice said that I missed. <laughs> what? The- <laughs> I have. Not, oh my god! I don't know. What, I don't. Can't we just play like poker? Well, I was. You know, the dwarf was really good at dodging my spit, and I was impressed by it. And so I offered him a hand. And then you fell in the water. Uh, eventually, yeah. Now, did the dice make you fall in the water? Or yes. You, okay. All right. Because mm-hmm, the ship made a sharp turn. The ship made I was a sharp turn. not ready for it because I was leaning forward, offering him a hand. How big is this ship? It's not very big. Okay. So the your inertia carried you overboard. Yeah, if we're, going, if we're taking physics into it. Oh, man. Oh, my God. No, I can't do it. No. No. All I'll, right. I'm just, maybe when I'm like 60 and pooping in a diaper, I'll, I'll, be, I'll, I'll, I'll go for it. Mm-hmm. I can't believe Dungeons and Dragons is still around. Like, well, that should that should tell you that it's like it's it's worth maybe trying. You know how how many things last that long? I don't know, but like Jessica was telling me about a campaign that she's been on for like a year. Yeah, she said some of them can last for like two years. No, it's just like how big do you want your story? You know, like the you know how how long did the the Lord of the Rings last? That was like a fifteen year saga. What? I mean. They they only came out with one every like few years. Probably I'm, I'm exaggerating. I mean, there's three. like ten. Yeah, there's, there's took ten three, years yeah. to come out with the three though, and like the actual books, 
I imagine you're not gonna you're not gonna get through in a weekend, or even over spring break. Are you telling me break. that I can't read a Lord of the Rings book in a weekend? <laughs> I know you. I know you probably could. If Sir, I challenged you. challenge accepted. <laughs> All right, read Lord <laughs> of the Rings and then tell me that you still don't want to try this. But I've already like watched the movies, so I feel like if I read the books, it's gonna be. Well, okay. Take the all books, the, out the of books it. are always so much better, but I do. Uh, not, I, not, I mean, because there, there's so many other elements to it. But I do agree that it because like just knowing what's going to happen yeah. in the end just kind of kill it. But it, that's it the does. cool thing about Dungeons and Dragons, and the, like it, the people, the, the people that make the argument that um, the, why Game of Thrones is so great because you don't know if your favorite character is going to die. Like your character could actually die in the campaign, and you have to like just start from scratch, create a whole new character that somehow gets you know. And so somehow gets put into it. Like you could, if you could collect all these items, you could have super amazing character and they could just die. Could you put coronavirus into Dungeons and Dragons? You absolutely could. Hmm. Hmm. I feel like you could, you could come into Dungeons and Dragons being the, um, the, the famine, the, of the four horsemen <laughs> famine <laughs> based, base your character off him. And then just like that could be one of your one of your powers is that you infect people. The four horsemen of the apocalypse. Mm-hmm. Actually, I don't know if that's like I don't know if you could necessarily consider that as a class, but I'm sure there's there's elements where you could like just infect people with diseases. There's poison. You can poison people. Oh my god, that's just too complicated. It's well, that's the thing is it's only as complicated as you want it to be, or as complicated as the the game master makes it. Can I work out instead? If that's what you feel like, okay, you need to entertain yourself. Okay. I mean, <laughs> all right. Well, I we mean, got way off task. Yeah, this we is did. Not a, yeah, this I mean, we're not, not even talking. We're not even talking about coronavirus anymore. Mm-hmm. Which is what we were supposed to talk about the whole time. Okay. Well, we can still talk about coronavirus. There's still so much interesting stuff to talk about. I think. But I think before we do that, we should take another break. Let's. Let, please, please. All let's right. Do that. I apologize for all the dungeons and dragons. No, talk. don't apologize. Stop apologizing, I'm people. Sorry. I'm sorry, everyone. To just stop arguing. I'm pitching uh-huh. this thing that I've barely trying to put my foot into. So, bear with me. Hey guys, this is Dr. Bob from Teachers Off Task. Just want to invite you to look up our merchandise at cafepress.com forward slash Teachers Off Task. We've got some really cool shirts, got some handbags, some lunch bags for you guys that still take your lunch to work and need to keep it cool or warm. Check us out once again, Teachers Off Task. Here we go. Merchandise, cafepress.com forward slash Teachers Off Task. Check it out. We get a really small commission from all the sales. So if you guys buy 3 million t-shirts, we will get a grand total of $3. $3. (laughs) Thank you again. Let's get back on task, y'all. Straighten all of those and they're crooked now. It's because the house has sunk again. All right. We're talking about the things on the wall. You've probably seen the bar. If you looked at our Instagram, you know what it looks like. Some of these things apparently get... Crooked for no reason? Well, our house is built on sand, so I think the house is getting crooked. The house shifts. Okay. Especially when it rains, because um, contrary to popular belief, um, some dumb ass who built this house and built the landscaping around it made it to where every time it rains, the underside of the house floods. Like, over here on this side of the house, like, if the gutter overflows and then the water goes into the monkey grass... The water just flows underneath the house. Yeah, I feel like that's something that a lot of, uh, I don't know, maybe maybe they do Plus consider that where the water city, sheds. We have a city sewer problem and a city runoff problem. 
the runoff can't make this corner right here. Mm -hmm. And so it jumps the curb and runs down in between our house and the neighbor's house and forms this gigantic stream that dumps into our backyard. Watershedding, I feel like, is a real science. Like, that's that's a big deal when you're trying to city plan. Yeah, they didn't plan this city. They just Mm -hmm. put it up and we're like, screw it. Let's do it. Mm -hmm. Oh, we're joined by our resident veterinarian, Dr. Bridget. Hi, everybody. We have, we're just being, we just got doctors galore today. We Mm -hmm. have Dr. Sister, Dr. Bob, and Dr. Bridget. Well, this is a very significant podcast. Sorry, what were you saying? I said woo-woo. Oh, okay. Woo-woo indeed. (laughs) Woo-woo. Woo-woo Han. (laughs) Wuhan. Why is Wuhan significant? Because um, today, Wuhan actually closed its hospital. Uh, All right, well, how can I rephrase that? It, uh... It basically celebrated the last of of the uh, coronavirus people. The yeah, the coronavirus. Um, the, the I guess people the infected clinics. Yeah. So what? But what? So Wuhan, in terms of the coronavirus, the COVID nineteen, which is the current. Um, that's actually the disease, as we established earlier. I think it's SARS two. Yeah, SARS coronavirus two. Yeah. So, so this severe is like the acute respiratory syndrome coronavirus. Yes, that originated. They found out ground zero for that virus was Wuhan, China. Yes. Mm -hmm. And they've uh, apparently it's dropped so significantly that they closed down their last uh, coronavirus specific hospital. Is that it? Or they're just they're closing down clinics. I think they may be be closing one of the clinics that specialize for it Mm -hmm. um, because they they have they've been so successful in containing the spread that they have only had one. One new case, I think, in the last week or so. Mm-hmm. I heard that it has all of the drastic measures. At least, at least that's what the internet's telling me. Um, that doesn't mean it's true. So, Hashtag flatten the curve. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I don't know if you've seen that. Um, but, so, what is that in reference to? Uh, flatten the curve. Yeah, that's in reference to any type of epidemiological spread. So, the way that diseases work is that if you enact severe anti-spread measurements in the beginning you end up with a lower threshold of Mm -hmm. maximum cases and so instead of the big spiky one that you see in the beginning which is everybody continues along the same path and therefore infection spreads really really fast and we overwhelm our medical system and then it goes away just as fast what we're trying to do is spread out infections over a longer period of time so that we don't overwhelm our current medical staff Okay. I misspoke. It's not one new case. It's 11. 11, 11 new cases. Yeah. Still a remarkable difference. Yeah. That's yeah. a lot. That's a big difference, especially when you're talking about like a city. Like Wuhan's like millions of people. Mm-hmm. And now, so we were talking about why uh, the city, the, these couple cities in China is where the stars, the original stars even mm-hmm. originated. It wasn't in Wuhan. It was in like Gaochang or something. I might be misspeaking. It's not, something along those lines. A very, a very populated city. Like, why why does that create a prime environment for viruses to spread? Well, it's not or just be, be it's created not, to. Well, it's it's the it, they're called zoonotic zoonotic diseases, uh, zoonotic viruses, which is like where a virus or a disease that primarily infects animals will jump to humans. So in China, you still have a large uh, large number of like these. They're called wet markets where um, you have animals all over the place in you know all basically interacting with each other you know millions of animals in these huge markets and then you have all these people coming in and interacting with these animals and so if there is 
Like, let's say there's a small mutation that allows a virus that's infecting, oh, let's see, maybe a bat. Um, and this virus has a small mutation that allows it to infect a human that, you know, all it takes is one person to come in contact with that one, oh, let's say, mm, a bat. Virion? You know, the bat. And they, oh, look it has at this. the one mutated virion yeah. that can... Look at this pretty bat. It would be delicious in my soup. Mm-hmm. And he handles the bat, and that bat, you know, infects... You know, the virus that's in that bat infects a human and that human walks around the market, you know, for another hour and a half, two hours and with this bat and just moving around. And then you have this like huge, dense population of humans where they're all coming in contact with each other. And that's how that's how it happens. Mm -hmm. So it just starts with patient zero and then spreads from there. Does that sound about correct, Dr. Bridget? Yeah. So especially with the stacking of multiple species. Mm. There's actually several zoonotic diseases that have jumped from pigs to humans. Swine flu I've, is I've one I've had of them. that. I've had yeah. that. So, I've had swine flu. Swine, um, so the swine flu is still influenza, though. That's not a coronavirus. No, it's not a coronavirus, but it's okay. a good example of a disease that jumps from one species to another due to stacking. Mm-hmm. That wasn't... Multiple species in one area. The, the bird flu... For that wasn't the bird flu an actual... Bad. Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt. It's okay. But wasn't the bird Rude. flu an actual coronavirus? I don't know if the bird flu was a coronavirus. Was the H one H five N one H five N one? That is a coronavirus, right? Is it a, I thought that was a flu. Uh, I think that was mis uh, I guess mis misrepresented, but I'm pretty sure the H five N one is in fact a coronavirus. Uh, well, let's see. I don't know if they would call it a bird flu if it was a coronavirus. It's H five N one influenza. Yeah, I'm okay, pretty so that sure that influenza. anything that is a H5N1 or H number N number is an influenza. Okay. What's the significance? Do you know the significance of the H and the I N? I used to at one point in, in one point in time. Because yeah, we still have HCOV, which is a lot of the uh, coronaviruses, or like so um, HCOV stands for human, so human coronavirus. Oh, okay. So HKU, I don't know what the KU stands for, but that's another one that is. Um, that that is a human coronavirus that is spread, but it's not as, I guess, not as significant as the one that's happening now. Well, so one thing that we all have to remember, I'm sure you guys have talked about it, and I'm sure Dr. <laughs> talked about it before. That's fine. I got Isn't it. Ellen's last name still? Dr. Sister. Dr. Sister. Yes. Well, I guess we'll have to block that out. Yeah. So, it's marked. Anyway, what, uh, what Dr. Sister <laughs> talked about earlier, I'm sure... <laughs> is that a lot of common colds are actually caused by coronavirus. And that what we're dealing with is something along the lines of like a high path or just a highly pathogenic, a highly contagious, highly disastrous version of that coronavirus. The current one. The current one. Okay. Now there are coronavirus, you know, we've said COVID-19. We, there's coronaviruses, you know, this one is suspected to come from bats. And there was previous coronaviruses. There was MERS, which was the Middle East Respiratory Syndrome. That came from camels. Um, and that one was actually highly, highly, extremely deadly. I think it had like a, over a 30% fat- mortality rate in humans. Um, but what a lot of people don't know is that there are multiple coronaviruses infecting multiple animals. So don't scare anybody. All right. Don't be afraid. That doesn't mean go put your cat down. But there are like coronaviruses for cats and dogs and and horses. Um, By and large, coronavirus is heavily species specific. Mm -hmm. So even though there is a known coronavirus for cats, dogs, cattle, horses, camels, etc., by and large, unless we're dealing with what we were talking about before with the stacking and random mutated strains, they are species specific. So your dog coronavirus can't infect a cat. 
Mm-hmm. Cat coronavirus can't infect a dog, and neither one of them can infect a human most of the time. But so those, there's that mutation that allows it yeah. to until go until the mutation, to which occurs jump. in highly dense populated areas with lots of viral transmission cross mm-hmm. species. Now that's that's just a matter of like having so many the like the virus spreading so much that the the, the chances of a mutation occurring are also really high, just because the right. population of the virus is really high. You can exactly, say that. exactly, and we have to remember that viral and bacterial populations replicate at an extremely fast rate so their generational turnover can be a matter of hours versus a matter of years Mm -hmm. so you can have multiple generations that happen within a very short period of time each generation stands a chance of pushing forward that mutation Mm -hmm. okay and usually what those mutations uh what those mutations like um manifest themselves in are like remember we were talking about the self-surface the surface glycoproteins where like the virus anchored that's what the virus anchors to the cells with Mm -hmm. a lot of times that's that's how it becomes species specific because some species are going to have certain shaped glycoproteins on their cell membranes so like if it's not compatible with that virus particle then the virus can't infect that type of cell Mm-hmm. So that's why it would be species specific. So like if you have like a mutation in a virus that changes that glycoprotein to be specific to another species, but that species isn't around, then it, it still just th- dies. Th- th- it just it just goes away. It doesn't it and doesn't take effect. So that's why it's the heavy concentration of a variety of different animals right. that creates yeah. the jump and allows it to do that. Exactly, because it just all it needs a host, and if it finds a host, then boom. We're, we're money replicate and then we also have to consider that anytime you have a mutation or jumping species it's what's considered a naive population so the way that immunity works is that you have to be exposed to something and then 10 to 14 days later your immune system responds to it and starts to build memory so if you haven't ever been exposed to that and you're a naive species that's how the disease can have a rampant effect because there's a 10 to 14 day lag before you're building any antibodies to it That's just the way that your body works. Now, there's other cells that are immediately attacking it, but your immune system can get overwhelmed very, very quickly. So that increases the spread in the beginning because it's such a new, naive population. And that's what happens when it jumps countries, is that it gets into another country or into another city and nobody's been exposed to it. There's no immunity to it whatsoever. Mm -hmm. And it takes over and spreads very rapidly. Kind of like what, you know, happened to the Native Americans. Yep, and the smallpox. Yep. Mm-hmm. I think smallpox still like has the highest kill count or the fatality, uh, not the, not fatality rate, but the highest number of fatalities from that virus, if I remember correctly. Probably smallpox or plague. Well, the plague. So I, I hear that the smallpox uh, during the pandemic, the plague killed more people during that short amount of time. But the smallpox long term has killed far more people. Oh, I would believe that in a heartbeat. Yeah. 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 Actually, yeah, I ran across that. Uh, the numbers on that. I, but yeah, I think I've read that same article. Yeah, because like, during the pandemic, it's only killed like 54 million people, but only. over. Only. Which only. Yeah. <laughs> As it compared to like the 300 and something million people that the, the Black Plague killed during its pandemic. Mm-hmm. But long term, it's you know, the smallpox has killed far more people just because it's been it, it's been thriving. Mm hmm. But that's, I don't know, the, the, the things with viruses are so, there's so many different variables that can, you know, factor in how long it lasts, how, how easy it is to kill or how fast it spreads. Yeah. Better stock up on Lysol and bleach. Toilet paper. Toilet paper. <laughs> or, you know, you could wash your hands. Or you could wash your hands. You can shower and wash your hair, you know, because remember, hair is going to trap 
all kinds of particles. Right oh, now, yeah. co- right now, COVID nineteen is theorized to live in the environment. So something like your hair or your clothes or other fomites for possibly up to seventy two hours. Oh wow! So Dude. that's where the washing your hands frequently, wiping down common surfaces frequently, etc., to try to break up that cycle of seventy two hours because. Once it's in the environment, it appears to be relatively easily killed. So, okay, so like just to kind of put that in perspective so we don't have to do the math. That's like three days, right? Three days. Three days. So if somebody sneezes on the doorknob and nobody wipes it off or cleans it. It infects. It sit there for three days, get onto your hands, you touch your face, and into you. Ma, mm. ugh, son of a bitch. Or if you don't wash your hair for three days. I'm sure there are people <laughs> who, who, do, who do that. They, um, yeah. I don't wash my hair every day because I don't want it to dry out. Now would be the time where you suck it up and wash your hair. Wash I mean, your hair, I wash your hands, take a shower. If you're like, if you're a hair salon kind of place, like, do you wash the hair first and then cut it? That's what I would do. So it depends. The hair salons that I've been to as a female really depends on what you're asking to be done. You know, if I'm getting my hair cut and colored, they will do the color first, wash out the color, and then cut my hair. Okay. But if all I you're doing like is that... getting a trim... They may or may not wash it. Yeah, they never wash it before. They always wash it after, which makes sense. You, you got all this stray, all these stray hairs just embedded in with among your hairs that are still attached. Aren't most people supposed to like wash their hair before they go to the? I think that's barber? the expectation. I don't. I feel like it's frowned upon if you show up to your barber and you haven't washed your hair. I think it really, again, it really depends on what you're going for and what you're doing. You yeah, know, having freshly washed hair is more difficult to style. If you're going in for an advanced styling, they actually ask that you don't have freshly washed hair. Mm-hmm. That doesn't sound very sanitary, but I'm sure they know what they're doing. Hey. Sounds terrible. This is why I'm not a hairdresser. <laughs> so it's, it spreads through populations that are really heavy and have a bunch of other animals where it can easily jump. Now, we, the reason why we say it's probably bat soup or bats because it's like what very very similar to the bat coronavirus, the current bat coronavirus. Similar, right. yes. And then let's redefine easily. It can't very easily jump. It's just a it's a factor of time and population and numbers. Yeah, probably. It's not necessarily easily jumping from one species to another. It's actually mm-hmm. not easy to jump. And it's that is going to hopefully quell the fears that people have about the coronavirus that is present in their domesticated animals. It's not going to easily jump from your cat to your dog to you. That's not mm-hmm. the way that this works. And just and vice versa. It's not going to easily jump from an infected human into an infected animal and then become something disastrous in your animal. Um, it's a massively, it's a, it's a random event. Yeah. Like, Cause it's, it's, a, it, it's a random chance yeah. and numbers. Yeah. And, but, mm-hmm. but if you increase, if you increase the numbers, then you, you basically, you know, you're kind of, you're not really increasing the probability, but like, you know, if you have like a 0.2% probability with 100 individuals, if you multiply that to like a million individuals, then that 0.2 probability all it's, of a sudden, it's very significant. It's, yeah, it's, it's a large number. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing that people aren't necessarily realizing when it comes to something like the current outbreak with COVID-19 is that your animal may not be getting the disease and spreading the disease, but your animal could be acting like a fomite because again, it can live in the environment for up to 72 hours and bathing your animal every day isn't necessarily a advised or b really. So somebody could sneeze on your, on your cat, on your cat 
Oh, somebody could sneeze on your cat and your cat's walking around the house. See, we're scaring the shit out of people right now. <laughs> like we're playing into fear tactics. Mm-hmm. So, well, but there are ways to mitigate this, right? So then if you are self-quarantining because of a possibility of exposure and you have animals, maybe unless it's an emergency situation, don't take your dog to the dog park. Mm-hmm. Don't take your dog to the veterinarian for its annual vaccines because it could be acting like a fomite. Or contact your veterinarian and see if there's other ways to get this done. Really, it's all about advanced knowledge, right? I mean, I'm an equine veterinarian, and I'm still having to travel to people's facilities right now. Mm -hmm. So I'm constantly exposing myself to new individuals and new animals multiple times per day. I'm disinfecting in between every site, just like I would if we were facing an equine epidemic. And I'm asking people to self-declare, hey, I haven't been feeling well. Maybe we can postpone this. Mm -hmm. Great. Awesome. Thank you. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. And we have to be doing that with in-house veterinarians, mobile veterinarians, your medical community, your dentists, your doctors, your nurses. All of us have to be at least being honest about whether or not we feel ill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the that's the scary thing too. Is that you can take like there are very few measures to prevent yourself from getting it other than like isolating yourself but if you have to come in contact with people it's a lot you have to rely on them taking the measures to not spread it more than you taking on measures to not get it besides just washing your hands and not touching your face right it's a lot easier to have it and not spread it than to not have it and prevent yourself from getting it exactly so that's part of the social isolation and flattening the curve right so we're asking people that are sick to stay home and to self quarantine and not even just not sick not like everyone walmart Mm -hmm. uh think about all the people like touching the walmart carts Mm -hmm. god that's that was one of the most interesting things to me about people who were rushing for supplies is that everybody was trying to avoid going to the store to avoid exposure so they created a shortage that then required people to do almost Black Friday-like concentrations. So if you look at videos, there's people standing in lines outside of stores when they open for things like toilet paper and sanitizer and then packing those aisles. You have now created an environment exposure environment mm-hmm. versus just being responsible and going in as needed to buy supplies as needed. Yep, because people are stupid. Mm-hmm. Yep. The average American, the average human is of average IQ. And if you are of, of average IQ, then, you know, you're going to go to Walmart. I feel like it's a pandemic and buy toilet paper. Well, we only had like the three days notice. Like I said, you know, if you're a parent and suddenly you have to feed your kid, you know, three times as many meals as you were expecting to. And you have three days to collect that food. Like regardless of when you go, it's going to be packed. Hey, man, you know, I'm not arguing with you, but, you know. That's why I'm glad it off, kids. But here's the thing. Like, <laughs> it's it's all about being prepared. It's not about, like, doom, being doomsday prepper or, like, being one of these, like, weirdos that is ready for the apocalypse and you're hoarding gun ammo. It's, you know, if you've got three kids, why do you only have two days worth of food in your house? Like, Well, it's only two days worth of food without the school. It's a week's worth of food if they're going to school. But... I mean, we saw this coming like a long way off. Like I I said it a, a month ago. I was like, it's only a matter of time until this hits the schools. Like I will look it up and see when I said that. <laughs> I was like, it's only a matter of time until this hits the school at least a month ago. And like, I, I really think like people should have prepared. Like Bridget, how many rolls of toilet paper do we have in the house? 
I wouldn't know, but we went to Sam's about three weeks ago. Yeah, so we got like 20, 25 rolls of toilet paper. And if we run out of toilet paper, guess what? I got plenty of like research papers from graduate school that I can use. True story. And there's plenty True of grass story. in the backyard, and mm-hmm. there's plenty of old Lulu tongs. You probably socks. Oh, uh, don't want to use Lulu tongs. <laughs> I had somebody saying you could use pine cones, and it's not the first time I've heard people saying that you can use pine. Yeah, cones you just you, just, you just have to have the the pine cone turned a certain way. You don't want it to go against the grain. I still going, don't feel going, like it's going against pine the Anything bad, is bad not something I want to put against my rectum. You just have to make sure that you're going in the right direction. Yeah. Don't want to go against the grain on the pine cone. Yeah, no, that would be bad. Well, duly be bad. noted. Yeah. Remember mm-hmm. that it's a pass by, not an insertion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's like because I feel yeah. like there's still like the spiky bits. Maybe you just gotta like kind of take a knife to it. And a you can't and you can't have a pine a cone that's like open either. You gotta have right. a, closed, a pine closed pine cone. cone. You gotta have a closed yeah. pine cone. Okay. And you can't be scared to get like poo poo on your fingers either because it's gonna happen. But then just make sure you wash your hands. I've heard people use corn cobs. My dad used to tell me when he was a kid. Corn cobs they, is also a thing, yeah. They had the outhouse. They would use corn cobs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also heard magazines, like glossy magazines. Glossy right. magazines. You got to roll them upright. You don't put it like where there's, like if it's folded wrong, like those things can hurt. But I mean, people used to use, uh, what is it, those catalogs all the time. When Sears catalogs. Yeah. Yeah. But it was like nice. I have, like, I have an old Sears catalog out the farm. But I mean, it's nice, soft paper. It's not. It's not the glossy magazine paper that we have now. Like, yeah, it's it's not this. Like, feel how smooth that is. You're not gonna get. You're not gonna get any like, like real friction to get your get yourself clean with that thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. Would coronavirus manifest itself in poop? It would if you were an ungulate. Oh. So in humans, no. In ungulates, it, it, the coronavirus attacks the GI tract? The GI tract, as well as... So cattle, it's a GI and respiratory sign, and then in horses, it's almost exclusively GI. Mm-hmm. So what all qualifies as an ungulate? A hooved animal. Oh, any hooved animal. Mm-hmm. So like deer? Deers are un- ungulates? Deers are technically ungulates. They're not the same as horses, and so then you go down into the separate classifications. So uh, okay. Both. Are pigs considered ungulates? Mm-hmm. They have hooves. They're cloven-hooved. Okay, ungulates, new term. Mm-hmm. Got that down. Hooved creature. Hooved creature. Speaking of hooved creatures, are we uh, we plan to talk about mules eventually soon, right? Oh, do do mules get coronavirus? Mules can get coronavirus. They would get the equid version, so the horse version of coronavirus. Okay. GI signs. Not not the um, donkey version of the coronavirus. So equines are equines. Donkeys, oh, they are donkeys, horses, equines are equines. Okay. So. And then cows are bovids. Ah, I see. So that would be buffalo, cows. There have been some. Oh, camels. Camels are ungulates, right? Mm-hmm. Do they have hooves? They have hardened surfaces. I'd are they? To, yeah. I'd have to look up whether or not. I'm pretty sure that they are ungulates because llamas are also ungulates. And llamas and camels. Like camelids are all together in a group. That might be an interesting evolutionary question and classification question i've learned so much about biology doing this podcast really yeah i didn't yeah, know I mean, anything well, about biology i mean camel there's a camel coronavirus that's what caused mers, MERS. Yeah. yeah yeah in saudi arabia that's crazy you know mm-hmm. living in close quarters with your camel yep. which is very common yeah. in nomadic tribes in the middle east and think about it like think how long nomadic tribes have been around with camels and it took until 2008 for there to be a cross infection well, I, it has to be like you think the other the 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 high population factor was well, or was a factor. One thing that we may have to consider is it took until two thousand eight for us to recognize that it was a know. camel. 
okay crossover you know we have to consider the fact that genotyping of viruses is a relatively new technology mm-hmm. right and we don't know everything i think humans as a whole tend to be really arrogant and think that we know everything about everything and we actually don't I do. right? like all the facts we know are still just more or less probabilities that it is a uh, that it is a truth right so 2012 mers is 2012 so, you know, that's the first recorded significant yeah. outbreak, but we have no idea what has happened before that. Maybe there was one in the 70s. Maybe mm-hmm. there was one in the 30s. We don't really know. We know that it's popped up in 2012, 2015, and 2018. MERS? Yeah. Mm. So it, it, well, it started in, what is it, the um, in, in Saudi Arabia, but it, was, it ended up in South Korea in 2015. It's crazy. Someone went to Dubai for vacation and then went to South Korea, went home with Traveling MERS. Traveling through Asia yep. is extremely common. Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to talk about mules next time. Yep. Do we have like anything that. else to say about coronavirus? Yeah, stop buying toilet paper. Well, <laughs> and if you are interested as to what is going on when it comes to animals and how this is affecting your veterinary populations, because veterinarians are actually public health officials as well, you can check out the AVMA's resource page, avma.org. Mm. And um, like I said before, consider that all supplies, veterinarians get our supplies from similar medical distributors that humans do. So trying to conserve medical supplies right now across all species is going to be absolutely imperative so if your dog or cat or horse doesn't absolutely need to be seen it might be nice to for the benefit of overall public health to reschedule that until after the outbreak i don't think a lot of people realize that veterinarians are public health officials like they go to a medical school and we are and we are one of the only medical professionals that receives epidemiology and public health training as a core part of our curriculum Mm -hmm. medical doctors don't necessarily really receive disease tracking and population management and it's harder to get into veterinary school than it is medical school Mm -hmm. like think about how many 10 times harder think about how many medical schools there are in the united states Mm -hmm. right like what when i was applying to veterinary school this last time which was 2009 so it's obviously changed since Uh then but in 2009 there was just over 360 medical schools in the united states and there were 33 veterinary schools so that's a factor of 10. i also imagine it's just harder to be i shouldn't say harder to be a veterinarian but you have to know a lot because you're not just dealing with humans you're dealing with multiple species that have multiple different nuances who who don't speak yeah, who also who can't, can't tell you what's wrong. symptoms, yeah. yeah. So it is, it's multiple species, and we also have to know multiple systems. We're not nearly... There are some specializations within veterinary medicine. There's veterinary cardiologists, internal medicine, surgeons, etc. Mm-hmm. But by and large, the veterinary general practitioner still has to be a general practitioner and know things about eyes, ears, anesthesia, surgery, mm-hmm. basic surgery, basic lameness, basic GI issues, just about everything. Well, we salute you, yes. veterinary lady. I'm glad we have such a uh, a, a great resource for um, you know all of our biological podcasts that tend to be our better ones. Yeah, I, well, yeah. like marsupials and chickens and bears. I, those those are my favorite ones. It's those are fun yeah. when you're just like talking about facts about animals because everybody loves animals. If you don't like animals, like you're an asshole. <laughs> like who doesn't like bears mm-hmm. who doesn't like kangaroos like i've never run across persons like god i hate kangaroos unless they're like you know an australian farmer like there are several australians yeah. that would probably fall into they're like kangaroos. ah there's kangaroos mm-hmm. they eat all my crops like, <laughs> what are you growing in australia so, mm-hmm. yeah i mean it really depends but look at the insane popularity that shark week has 
Oh right? yeah, it's become a cultural phenomenon. Ooh, maybe we should do one on sharks on Shark Week. Ooh, when is Shark Week? I don't know. Oh, we'll figure that out. I'm sure do the Discovery Channel would let you know when Shark Week is. Mm-hmm. You know what animal that we should definitely do a podcast on? Hmm. The Rock, because <laughs> he's an animal. <laughs> he's a beast. He is. He's just a beast. I'm a huge Rock. He's my man crush. Mm-hmm. You're Dwayne Johnson. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, he's your main crush, too. One of several. Yeah. One of several. Every, every time a rock movie comes on, we have to watch it. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. But I also have a thing for muscular bald guys. I'm a big fan of Bruce Willis and Jason Statham as well. So, mm. yep. And this. And, of course, yes, and, the and, muscular bald guy sitting. Yes. <laughs> directly across I the I used to be muscular. When we first met, she was just like, you know wowed by the size of my biceps <laughs> like your titularness awe. she was just like oh look at these triceps look at these titular triceps <laughs> yeah. she couldn't keep her hands off me and now, We're gonna not know and now i'm just now like I'm this trapped. tubby flabby just now i'm really titular <laughs> trapped i'm trapped. just kidding just kidding i'm gonna go lift weights here in a little bit mm-hmm. somebody tried to tell me that my like male estrogen levels are growing are are increasing and that's why i'm having a hard time like building muscle and i'm like well no i'm pretty sure it's because i don't lift weights and Mm -hmm. i'm drinking beer and eating a lot of barbecue i'm pretty sure that might be it significant contributing factors yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah, definitely but hey you know estrogen may be contributing but i'm thinking it's not your primary contributor i don't think it's not yeah yeah i don't there's no gynecomastia going on just yet 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 well I think it might be that time if there's anything. Do we have anything else on, on COVID-19? Uh, you know, SARS number two. I think the big thing is just if people need to be educated, I think they need to be educated on something other than, uh, you know, CNN.com or FoxNews.com. They need to actually read uh, something that has a scientific resource, scientific source coming from it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, all, a lot of the articles that are coming out about coronavirus are free access. So you can you do not have to have uh uh, a, a membership to the journal that it's published in. So because they want to get the information out there, they want people to read these articles uh, as opposed to worrying about membership um, money. Mm-hmm. So a lot of it's free access. So go ahead and, and get online and, and look it up, you know, make sure it comes from like the journal, new England journal of medicine or journal of autoimmunity or journal of epidemiology, something like that, you know, Make sure you're reading from a credible source, but it, you know, inform yourself and educate yourself. Don't be afraid to read. Mm-hmm. Like my dad used to say, you know, you guy, you got to read. <laughs> you know, if you can't read, you know, you're stupid. That's what my dad used to say. And like now, like he, he roll over his grave right now. He's like, look at all these damn people getting their information from the internet. They need to go read. <laughs> I wonder, I'm kind of curious if, what he would be saying right now. And if digesting medical journalism isn't quite for you, don't forget about actual sources online like avma.org cdc mm-hmm. who um, the equine disease communication center is also tracking coronavirus so make sure that you are looking at true websites not all of the weird just yeah websites. snopes yeah rotten, don't get your coronavirus information from rottentomatoes.com <laughs> you know they review movies just make sure it's credible you know the yeah. internet check, check a couple sources yeah. and see if it's checked yeah. out you know and it, this is not like this is not a political ploy. This is not a political game. Like you know, like Doctor Sister said, you know, this is real. This is happening. Like it is a serious issue. So we need to, we need to be serious about it. Do you agree, Paul? No, nah, I think we should just let it ride. <laughs> <laughs> now, do uh, do stay at home. Don't be like me and 
travel over to Dr. Bob and potentially infect everyone here. <laughs> well, hey. you're at least three feet away from me at all times. Mm-hmm. But I am going to lice all the counter down. Who set up that mic? Gross. <laughs> Somebody disinfect this mic cover. Mm. All right. All right. Well, uh, with that note, should we cue the music? I believe so. All right. This has been Teachers Off Task. I'm Paul. This is Dr. Bob. Just want to remind you, if you are going to go out, and we do encourage people to go out, go have some fun. Go out to eat. Go to the bar. That's fine. But make sure that you tip your bartender, tip your wait staff, because they are the ones that are being forced to work during this time where we should be distancing ourselves from one another. They cannot distance themselves from you, and you need to tip them accordingly. And don't infect them. Please don't infect them. Mm-hmm. If you must cough, cough into your sne- uh, your sleeve. If you must sneeze, sneeze into your shirt. And if you must email somebody, email us at teachersofftask at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Love to hear your thoughts. Also want to know what you want to hear about. Yeah, give us some topics. We're going to put it on our topics list, which I forgot I had up until like last night. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, this has been fun, Paul. Oh, well, yeah. We're also sponsored by uh, The Long Way Adventures. Find them at thelongwayadventures.com. Cheers.